So I've talked many times on this podcast about CRT, the curriculum choices of school boards and woke books found in libraries across the entire nation. Many of you have asked about alternative library choices, and if you've never heard of the Tuttle Twins, you are in for a treat. The current political and economic climate is coming to a critical tipping point, and socialism's popularity is on the rise. And so educating our kids about freedom is more important today than it's ever been. For more information about the Tuttle Twins and to take advantage of special discounted offers, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Tuttle Twins. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm glad you guys have joined me. Today is Thursday, the 24th of February, and today we're going to talk a little bit about wisdom in a time of war. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys are here today. Uh, I wanted to start off today just – well, we're going to talk about the headlines because it's it's horrifying actually what's happening uh, in, in Canada under the watch of the tyrant that is Trudeau up there. But this is what happens when the left gets control of government and we're going to talk about this today. And I want to encourage you just to pray for the people of Canada right now. Jay and I have many friends that live up there. We have uh, traveled quite a bit up in Canada over the years. We spent our honeymoon in Canada, the people that of uh, – Ottawa and Alberta. Anyway, my heart is just breaking for what is happening up there and shame on Trudeau for this. Absolutely shame on him. I've watched them hold Canadians at gunpoint. The 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 police there acting like brown shirts. The comparisons between Trudeau to Hitler are actually deserved at this point. And so I'm going to just encourage you as we talk a little bit about it today to keep those people in your prayers. I wanted to start off today. Well, a couple things. Let me, let me back up. I'm going to go to the book of Nehemiah again because I've been reading through Nehemiah and just really praying with the praying to the Lord over a lot of different things that are happening uh, in my race for Congress, a lot of things that are happening here at the Homeschool Resource Center, so many things that I want to talk to you guys about. Some of them I'm talking about over at America's Town Hall. If you want to hear that podcast, you can check that out. Also, I want to let you guys know that the podcast is now on video. And those of you who are watching it on video are like, duh, but a lot of you don't know. So if you want to see the show now, you can watch it and not just listen to it. And you can find that at Rumble and also at YouTube. I'm going to encourage you, if you can, to check us out at Rumble because Rumble so far anyway, are not silencing and censoring people. And so that's important for you guys to note. Also important for you to know that uh, we're going to continue this format as long as I'm able. So if I'm in the studio, then we'll continue bringing this podcast to you on video. There might be weeks uh, or days, not weeks, but days in which we can't because I'm on the road or whatever, but we're going to continue to work at that for you. So I'm excited about that. I want to take you guys to the book of Nehemiah again. Because we are definitely, we've been saying this for a long time now, and I'm just going to keep reminding you that we are in a time of war here in the country. And it's important for us, if we're going to survive this, it's important for us to acknowledge where we are and be honest about how we got here. We got here because as a nation and as a world, we have turned our back on God. We see this over and over again in the scriptures that when we turn our back on God, the cycle of of rebellion and disobedience leads to correction. Oftentimes it leads to uh, 
in seasons of trial and, and uh, discord, and certainly that's what we're seeing happening around the world, particularly here in the United States and in Canada. Absolutely. Uh, we can talk about what's going on in Ukraine, so many things. I mean, uh, uh, Taiwan, our enemies and wicked tyrants around the world have been emboldened because the United States is in a position of weakness right now. And so when we do not lead by strength, this is what we see happen around the world. I want to go to Nehemiah chapter four today because I was talking to you guys a little bit about them last week. Uh, them being the the Israelites coming back out of a Babylonian captivity. They had been under the captivity really under Nebuchadnezzar and they're coming back out. And now Nehemiah has come and he's been instructed to build the wall. He has a burden for the people there. He loves the people there. God gave him a heart for his people. And any real leader would have a heart for his people. This is I want you guys to see this in comparison to Trudeau, in comparison to Biden, in comparison to all of these these people who are making Inslee, who are making laws or enforcing mandates that are not in the best interest of their people. When a true leader emerges, a leader that has been God ordained, who depends on the Lord and listens to the Lord, you'll know it because they'll have a heart for the people. And I want to look at, you know, we, we ended last week in verse six of chapter four, talking about that, the point in which half the wall was completed because the Bible says that the people worked with enthusiasm. In other words, they were motivated. They were excited to work because they were working under a good leader. Let's look at verse seven. But when Sambalot and Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashadites heard that the work was going ahead and the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. Now, I want you to think about what's happening in the country right now. Think about what's happening with the people that are beginning to wake up and say, oh my goodness, this was never about a virus, or oh my goodness, the schools are on fire, or oh my word, I didn't realize. And they want to get involved in the fight for righteousness. They want to get involved in the healing. They want to be part of renewal, the renewal of this nation. You can be assured that when that happens, the fight will intensify. And this is exactly what happened to Nehemiah. When his enemies, the people that weren't, uh, didn't love the, the, the Israelites, didn't love the Jewish people, when his enemies heard about it, heard that the wall was being rebuilt and that good things were coming to Jerusalem, they were furious. Verse 8 says that they made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect it ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build a wall by ourselves. You guys hear that? Hear that? The whining that was happening because the people were getting tired and they weren't seeing an immediate result for their work. I want to back up for just a second because there's so much to to digest here. We know that, that the enemies of Jerusalem. We're coming to fight against them. How did the Bible record that they did that? They recorded it. They recorded that the enemies wanted to throw them into confusion. We have dealt with this at our ministry. We have dealt with this in the campaign. We have dealt with Jay and I have dealt with this over the years, the spirit of confusion. We know that God is not the author of confusion. He is the author of peace. And when you feel confusion, wherever it is in your life, whether it's to go forward or to go backward, Lord, am I supposed to take this new job? Am I supposed to enter into this political uh, sphere? What is it that I'm supposed to do? If you could feel confusion, stop and pray. Take, Take days even. Don't make a decision that you don't have to make until you know that you've been guided and directed by the Lord. Take some time to pray. 
this is what Esther did when she went before King Artaxerxes. This is what Nehemiah did before he went before the king. He prayed. We need to pray. And he did it again in verse 9. We prayed to our God and we guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Whoa, full stop. We prayed and we did something. So we didn't just pray and just leave it. You know, we prayed, thank you, Jesus. You're coming back again. Maranatha, you know, go back to the four walls of our church, put our mask on, do our life as normal. No, they prayed God, they prayed to the Lord, and then they guarded the city day and night to protect themselves. They realized that they needed to do two things. They needed to pray and they needed to act. That is what the church needs to do right now. We need to pray and we need to act. And they did those things. And the Bible records that God answered their prayers. But look in verse 10, the people of Judah began to complain. Now here comes the whiners. You know, the workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble. I hear some of my young children, you know, we'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Mom, we can't clean the Don't make me do it by myself. Mom, why isn't my sister help? You guys hear me? You know what I'm talking about? Look what happened. Meanwhile, so while they're complaining, their enemies are plotting. While they're distracted, while they're complaining about how hard it is to rebuild the wall and all the work that has to be done and they're tired and they're not getting a good night's sleep and they're up all night watching the wall and then they're working during the day to rebuild the wall. Watch and build, watch and build. Meanwhile, they start to complain and the enemies were saying, hey, before they know what's happening, we're going to swoop down on them and end their work and kill them. This is the spirit of the age. The Bible The Bible says this is how you know who he is, to kill, to, to steal, and to destroy. If you've got somebody who's trying to destroy the work that you're doing, I guarantee you he's not doing that on behalf of the Lord. Verse 12, the Jews who live near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. What areas of your life and ministry are exposed, men and women? Is your marriage exposed or are you standing guard over it? Are your children exposed? Is your church exposed? Is your city exposed? The whole state of Washington is exposed to wickedness right now. Who will stand and guard it? Who will stand and defend the people that listen, that, that, that live in the state of Washington? Who will stand and defend the United States? And I'm not talking about enemies, foreign and domestic. I'm talking about spiritual enemies. I'm talking about uh, forces of evil in heavenly places. What was Nehemiah's response? He placed guards behind the lowest parts, the parts that were exposed. So think about what those places are, Lord. Help me to recognize the places that could be exposed and guard them. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. And then verse 14, as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people. And I said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember, the Lord who is great and glorious will fight for you and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When the enemies heard that we knew of their plans, that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half the men worked while the other half stood guard. So we talked about this last week, and I just want to look at it again from a different point of view. Because when when the people realized that Sambalot and the enemies of God and the enemies of the children of Israel were plotting to kill them and stop their work on the wall. They took it before the Lord and God frustrated their plans. God can do it. Do you want to start supporting companies whose products are made right here in the United States? Me too. And at the top of my list is my pillow. 
I recently learned that MyPillow is so much more than pillows. And in fact, Jay and I decided to try out the MyPillow mattress and we love it. You guys, check it out because with my special promo code, you can get up to 66% off all MyPillow products. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi to take advantage of Mike Lindell's special offer for the Heidi St. John podcast listeners. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, or call 1-800-447-0541. Do you see things happening around the world that are frustrating you? Take it to the Lord. God can do it. God can do it. Even though they had, they were exhausted, they knew that God would fight for them. Verse 21, we worked late. We worked early from sunrise to sunset and half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me ever took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. Men and women, the message is, and it's a very, very clear message, don't stand down. Don't take your eyes off the ball. Remember that you have enemies and keep your guard up all the time. Keep your guard up. God would have you protect yourself and your families. God would have you pay attention to what's happening so that the enemy who the Bible says has not changed his his motive, by the way, he's exactly the way he was now. He is now as he was then. His motive is the same. It's always to injure and kill and destroy. He's after the children of God. And so how do we respond to that? Well, according to the Bible, we respond by saying, not on my watch. Not on my watch. We're going to keep our swords with us at all times. What is your sword, men and women? The sword is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, the Bible says, which is the word of God. So I hope that that encourages you from the book of Nehemiah. We'll come back next week and pick up Nehemiah chapter five. I'm just trying to shepherd you through some of this stuff. You guys, we are at war. Make no mistake, and it doesn't matter. I mean, we could say, well, we don't want to engage in the war. We could say, well, that's somebody else's deal, or I've just got little children, so I can't engage in the war. No, we can engage in the war from a position of strength. Where is that position of strength? It's a posture of prayer. The position of strength is prayer. And that is what Nehemiah did. That is what Esther did. That is what Moses did. That is what Joshua did. That is what we do when we want to see God move. We pray. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that's what my congressional staff is doing. That's what the staff here at the Homeschool Resource Center is doing. That's what my family is doing. We are deep in prayer and we need to be praying that God will move in such a way that it cannot be denied that it is him. It cannot be denied. Let's talk a little bit about the headline. So I've been, you know, reading some of this stuff as, you know, as you guys have been doing, just reading through the headlines and watching what's happening with a fair degree of frustration. It's very frustrating to see uh, people that we should be able to trust that we are not, that we can't trust them. And it's troubling on a hundred different levels right now. And so what's the best way? How can we respond to that? Well, the best way is to stay up on what's happening, to understand it, to be able to pray for it, but don't uh, run from these issues. Don't run from the headlines. I'm going to read a couple of, a couple of them to you so that you kind of see what I'm talking about. 
there's an article in, and I'll link back to it in the show notes today, off of PJ Media that really does sum up very, very well what we're dealing with with Trudeau. He is a tyrant. And we want to be careful when we throw around the word Nazi, but this guy is acting a whole lot like Hitler did in the beginning of the war. Uh, This article that came out on February 22nd, so just a couple of days ago, says Canada votes away its freedom 185 to 151. The Canadians better wake up. They have terrible people in leadership there. The death of freedom in Canada went by a party line vote on Monday evening with the ruling liberals and the far left New Democratic Party voting in favor of Justin Trudeau's invocation of the Emergencies Act and the conservatives voting against The vote on Hitler's enabling act, which ended the Weimar Republic, also went along party lines, although most of those who weren't national socialists were too intimidated by that point to do anything but go along. In Canada, none of the liberals and the New Democrats who voted for the Emergencies Act appear to have pondered the lessons of the left's history and how this whole thing can backfire so very easily. Trudeau claims that he needs emergency powers to seize the bank accounts of his opponents and hound them into other extra-constitutional ways. Because even though the freedom convoys have dispersed, it could gather again at any time, you see. Another threat to, quote, our democracy, as the leftists in both Canada and the United States refer to their their, uh, words, is just around the corner. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh claimed on Monday that the freedom convoy came here to overthrow a democratically elected government. It is a movement, he said, funded by foreign influence, and it is fed on disinformation. Its goal is to disrupt democracy. If that reminds you of the Democrats' rhetoric about their fictional January 6th, quote, insurrection, that's because Canada's liberals and Democrats in the states are working from the same playbook, demonize their opposition as insurrectionists, and restrict their activities accordingly. Trudeau, meanwhile, keeps promising that this will soon be over, There continues to be real concerns about the coming days, but we will continue to to evaluate every single day whether or not it is time or we are able to lift the state of emergency. Would you be surprised if he keeps finding new reasons why the state of emergency simply has to continue for the welfare of Canadians? I won't either. Trudeau has also made one of the rare true statements of his political career when he said, I can't imagine anyone voting against this bill as expressing anything other than deep mistrust in the government's ability to keep Canadians safe in an extraordinarily important time. Oh, 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 Trudeau, you don't, you don't think that the people trust your government? No kidding. I don't trust you. The people in Canada shouldn't trust you. You're not trustworthy. So that's right, Trudeau. Or more precisely, a vote vote against your invocation of the Emergencies Act expressed a deep mistrust in your government's intentions or the need for the act at all or your false characterizations of the Freedom Convoy and more. Nevertheless, Trudeau has won the day and can proceed to crush the truckers and their supporters, seizing all their assets until they cry uncle and submit to his authority, murmuring how much they love Big Brother. It'll all be over soon and Canada will go back to normal with the opposition to Trudeau's regime now chastened and wiser, knowing that its opposition has to be toothless and ineffectual. A la Lindsey Graham and John McCain's opposition to the Democrats in the States or else Big Brother will have to punish them again. 
I watched videos the other day of the police threatening to break the windows of a coffee shop in Ottawa for the crime of serving the truckers. We can learn a lot from our history, and we probably should study our history now if we haven't done it before. And I'll end with this today. At the end of this article on PJ Media, it says the left fascists who are applauded these dark days in Canada, however, clearly do not recognize that they have authorized the use of a tool that can very easily be turned against them. They probably never heard the name of Nikolai Bukharian, but they'd be well advised to study his life carefully and ponder its lessons. Bukharian, an early Bolshevik whom Lenin himself described as a party favorite and its biggest supporter, was one of the architects of the Soviet Union, the dictatorship of the proletariat. But Bukharin was a true believer in Marxism, and so he actually thought that the state would wither away and the workers would rule in a truly just society, and so he missed Stalin's maneuverings that placed him in a position of supreme and unchallengeable authority. Bukharin, as one of Stalin's key rivals, has was swept up in Stalin's purges of the late 1930s, accused of all sorts of preposterous things, and finally executed. Even as he was being dragged to his death, Bukharin was crying out, appealing to Stalin, certain that the whole thing had been a mistake and that his comrade Stalin would ultimately make things right. He was, of course, wrong. He didn't realize that the authoritarian tools he had so unhesitatingly applied to others could be turned on him. Leftist revolutionaries always ultimately turn on one another. Some of those who are thrilled at Trudeau is finally cracking down hard on those unsufferable right-wingers will one day find that out. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. As always, I'm going to encourage you to pray for each other, pray for our nation, pray for Canada. And pray for our friends, our brothers and sisters around the world right now. There's so much going on that we could talk about. I'm out of time for today. But I want to encourage you, as I always do, that the Lord is on his throne. He's not surprised by what's happening around here. He's not scratching his head going, man, I sure picked the wrong people. He's inviting you to engage in the process. We are in a war. And wisdom is needed for this time in human history. And true wisdom, true wisdom comes from God. We appreciate you guys listening. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. I'm so excited to be on video. And uh, this is a new format for me. So I'm uh, hoping you guys are enjoying it. You can find me at YouTube and also on Rumble. And uh, you can find my podcast, of course, anywhere that podcasts are available. I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes and for my books, wherever books are sold. We appreciate your support of this show, and it greatly, greatly ministers to us. Speaking of support, I wanted to say thank you to Rhonda from Texas. We've got some new monthly donors. And Angela from South Dakota who said, Heidi, thank you for being a sane voice. You are my go-to podcast and have been since the beginning of the Rona. I love it when you speak the word and pray, and I purchased your prayer books to give us gifts to you. Thank you so much for that, Angela. I really appreciate it. And for everyone who's coming alongside the show and supporting us, it takes a team, as you can imagine, to bring this show to air and now obviously to video. And if you guys can help us, we'd appreciate that. And I will link back to how you can do that in the show notes and on the video notes today. We appreciate you guys so much. Have a great day. And I'll see you back here with my friend, Mark Sherwood. He's a candidate for governor in the great state of Oklahoma. And he'll be, with here. He'll be here with me tomorrow 
at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.